0: Well, our scripture passage this morning uh, is going to be from John chapter 20. Last year, we looked at uh, the appearance of Jesus to the disciples in the, in the upper room after the resurrection. Uh, this year, we're just going to continue that uh, with John chapter 20, uh, 24 through 29. Uh, so give your attention to the reading of God's word uh, this resurrection Sunday morning. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So our passage this morning actually happens a week after the first Resurrection Sunday. Uh, A week after the risen Jesus appeared in a locked upper room and declared peace to his frightened uh, disciples, all the disciples except one who was missing. And we're going to look at Thomas this morning. Uh, We're not told why Thomas was not with the other disciples when Jesus appeared. Uh, One might gather that his absence was deliberate. Uh, We know a few things about Thomas. Uh, In chapter 11, Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb uh, despite opposition from the Judeans. And Thomas, kind of full of resignation, uh, said, come, let us go that we may die with him. I I envision Thomas kind of speaking this like Eeyore, you know, come, let us go that we may die with him. Uh, And in chapter 14, Jesus told the disciples he was going to the Father, and Thomas uh, was full of confusion and perplexity. And he said, Lord, where are you going? How can we know the way? Uh, And Thomas has spent three years following Jesus, uh, and now Jesus, he thinks, is dead. Uh, It has all been for nothing. Uh, Is Thomas disillusioned? And has he left the group and gone off on his own? Uh, And note what Thomas says when the other disciples tell him that they have seen the Lord. In verse 25, uh, Thomas says, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And uh, I think that there's more at work here. Thomas just being a skeptic. Uh, I think I will never believe is the voice of despair. Uh, It is the voice of hopelessness. Uh, Thomas's hopes are dashed. He has accepted it's over. He's trying to put it all behind him. And I will never believe uh, is the voice of grief. Uh, Pastorally, I've heard a lot of people say, I will never believe. Uh, I will never believe after what I've been through that God will be good to me. Uh, I, will, I will never believe that relationships can be repaired. Uh, I can never believe that I'll be healed from the ones that aren't. Uh, I, I will never believe that my situation will change. I will never believe uh, that I can trust people again. And so we call ourselves realists. We say we're just being down to earth and practical, uh, but really it is disillusionment. Uh, And faith is hard, right? Often we don't embrace it because we don't want to hope and then be disappointed again. Uh, And so I think Thomas here might be disillusioned, uh, Thomas, And uh, faith, though, is not wishful thinking. Uh, Faith has to be grounded in the truth here. Faith has to be grounded in the truth that Jesus is actually risen from the dead. And so eight days later, uh, the disciples are together and we read that Thomas is with them. Uh, And Jesus arrives. uh, And again, he announces peace. And then he immediately uh, speaks to Thomas. Uh, Jesus knows what Thomas had said to the other disciples. Uh, Jesus knows the conditions that Thomas had imposed to believe. Uh, Jesus knows Thomas's heart. He knows his doubts, his concerns, his brooding, his despair. Uh, And so he says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Uh, so let me say several things about this, uh, this comment here by Jesus in verse 27. Uh, first of all, what does it mean uh, that even in the resurrection, uh, Jesus' hands and his side still bear the marks of the crucifixion? still bears the marks of the nailing and the spear. Uh, Those things didn't magically get healed or disappeared in his resurrection body. Uh, And I think it's not just a way of saying this really is uh, the crucified body of our Lord that has been raised. That's certainly true. Uh, But I think it's a way of saying Jesus is still who he is. He is still the one who died so that we could live with new, with new purpose. He is still the one who offered himself and who offers himself in grace and love to Thomas. And so uh, his body still bears the marks uh, that show that he is the Lord who gives himself for us. Uh, and I think it's interesting that we actually never read about Thomas putting his hands in the nail marks and in the side. Uh, So actually, after Jesus says this in verse 28, we read uh, that Thomas answered him. Uh, It doesn't read that Thomas touched him and answered him. It's it's like seeing the risen Lord immediately sweeps away all of Thomas's doubts. Uh, It immediately sweeps away all of Thomas's demands. Uh, And then out of Thomas's mouth that, that had been the mouth of despair and skepticism, Uh, comes one of the greatest Christological confessions of the gospel of John. Uh, In verse 28, uh, Thomas says, my Lord uh, and my God. Uh, And I I know that today, um, this is what people say when they are surprised by something. Uh, Jews with moral convictions about the holiness of God's name would never use it like That Thomas is addressing Jesus with divine titles, my Lord and my God. Thomas is acknowledging the inclusion of Jesus, the Word made flesh, in the identity of the one true God. Uh, But note that Thomas also says, my Lord and my God. So, Jesus is Lord and God is a theological statement. Uh, Jesus is my Lord and my God is a personal confession uh, in light of the resurrection. Uh, And, you know, in the Psalms, in in petition, in lament, in praise, uh, God is never really just God. He is my God. Uh, He is our God, etc., uh, and, and the essence of faith is the conviction that Jesus is mine. Uh, faith says, Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my God. Faith is always personal. Uh, it's not just acknowledging truth that is out there somewhere. Uh, it is rather truth that becomes real in relationship with God. Uh, it, it's saying, I know Jesus is risen, but I also know that he died and rose for me. So Thomas is usually called doubting Thomas. And I think on the one hand, um, Thomas kind of gets a bad rap uh, because all the disciples were doubting Uh, None of them had believed Mary's testimony about seeing the Lord. All of them were doubtful and afraid in that upper room. And had Thomas been there uh, on that first resurrection evening, he would have believed with the rest of the disciples. Uh, So on the one hand, I think Thomas gets a bad rap. But on the other hand, I think Thomas gets off too easily. Uh, Because even though we call him Doubting Thomas, Jesus does not say that he doubted, uh, as in the NIV. He actually says he disbelieved. Uh, He was uh, apistos. He was faithless. He's actually uh, not doubting Thomas as much as he's disbelieving Thomas. And Thomas had received the apostolic witness about Jesus' resurrection from the other disciples Uh, The disciples who had been commissioned by Jesus had testified to Thomas that Jesus was raised, but Thomas refused to believe their testimony. And so Jesus says to him, stop disbelieving and believe. Uh, And I think that there's something really important for us to handle carefully here, uh, because Jesus On the one hand, he doesn't refuse Thomas's demand, right? Uh, Thomas says, I will not believe, I will never believe unless I get to put my finger in the nailings and my hand in the side. Uh, And Jesus does not refuse that demand. He offers himself and his hands and his side to Thomas. Uh, And often those who wrestle with the faith uh, genuinely come to a clearer and deeper grasp than those who maybe more easily um, find themselves walking in faith and belief. And I I think that that's a truth that's good news, uh, especially for parents uh, who have to trust God as they watch their kids wrestle with how to make the faith their own. Uh, So on the one hand, Jesus doesn't refuse Thomas's demand. But here's the thing. On the other hand, Jesus doesn't commend it either. Uh, He doesn't say to Thomas, oh, Thomas, you are the only empirical thinker in the group. Uh, Oh, Thomas, you know, you are so smart. You are the only one who didn't check your brain at the door when you came in. Uh, You see, it's not wrong that Thomas wanted to see Jesus. It's not wrong that Thomas wanted to touch his hands uh, and touch his side. Uh, It was wrong. That Thomas refused to believe the apostolic eyewitnesses of the resurrection. Uh, It was wrong that Thomas refused to move his will and respond to the testimony of what God had done by those who had been authorized to declare it. Uh, And Jesus never commends unbelief, rather, he invites Thomas. To move from unbelief or disbelief into belief. Uh, And I just feel like this should always be our response to people Uh, to answer questions, not as a way of removing the need for faith, but as a way of inviting people out of unbelief, out of disbelief, into faith, into belief. Uh, Because faith is not an emotion or a feeling. Uh, Faith is not an intellectual assent to a position or a piece of uh, historical evidence. Uh, Faith might include both of those things on some level. But faith is an act of the will where we choose to respond to God's work. Uh, And that's what Jesus is inviting Thomas to do. Uh, And then in verse 29, uh, Jesus pronounces this beatitude Uh, It it starts kind of with a a question of surprise. Uh, Have you believed because you have seen me? Uh, And then Jesus announces this beatitude, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Uh, If you have been at our communion gatherings, uh, we've been working through the beatitudes in Matthew 5. Uh, and and uh, if you've been there, then you've heard me say that one of the things that Beatitudes do is they reverse common expectations. Uh, Beatitudes are surprises. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the mourners. Blessed are the meek. Uh, those are all surprises. Uh, and we normally think that the real blessing is getting to see something for ourselves, uh, and Jesus says, surprise, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And not seeing and believing is held up here by Jesus as in some way a greater thing than seeing and believing. Uh, and, and so it's, it's probably good to sort of wrestle with this. Why, why is that? Because Thomas sees and believes. Uh, Thomas is given the privilege of being enlisted among the eyewitnesses of Jesus. Uh, And yet it's clear when Jesus makes this comment in verse uh, 29, uh, it's clear that Thomas's demand to see the Lord is not a model that we should follow. Um, uh, It's it's not commended to us uh, as a paradigm Uh, that we should follow or uh, that anyone who was not an eyewitness of the resurrection should follow. So why does Jesus say it is better to not see and believe? Uh, And I think that he is getting at the nature of faith. Uh, Faith uh, in its nature involves trust. And trust is part of every meaningful relationship. Uh, a parent child relationship a husband wife relationship uh friends um, part of part of that meaningful relationship is you trust who that person is uh, even when you do not see them. A, a husband who only trusts his wife when he sees her in the room is not a very trusting or loving husband. Uh, it's, it's great uh, when, when our children uh, obey a command that we, we give them, you know, we're all in the room together and we say, uh, hey, don't touch the fireplace or whatever. Uh, but isn't it much better when, when they're older and we know they're going off on their own uh, and, and they still trust uh, the wisdom that we have imparted to them. They still want to follow those things, even though we're not in the room watching. Uh, and relationships shaped by faith and shaped by trust are always more are always deeper and more loving than relationships that demand proof at every moment. Uh, imagine if every time your spouse or your kids or your parents told you something, uh if you responded, prove it, prove it to me right now. Uh that that would not be Uh, A meaningful, harmonious, loving relationship. Uh, And God is seeking a relationship with us. Uh, Relationships are based on promises and covenants that require faith. God God has made promises to us in Jesus Christ. God has told us uh, that there are things that Jesus has done that are real and that are true. And those things are true whether we see them or not. Grace, mercy, forgiveness, Jesus' resurrection, our resurrection, the new heavens, the new earth, those are all true. They are all going to happen, even if we don't see them right now. They are true, whether we are in a downturn or an upturn, whether we are having a bad year or a good year. Uh, The empty tomb is true whether we are standing in front of it and talking to our Lord, or if we are receiving it via the apostolic witness. But by believing those things that we don't see, we enter more deeply into that relationship that God is seeking with us. Uh, And we have a chance to trust him more deeply. Uh, Maybe we all have a little bit of Thomas in us right now. Uh, maybe, maybe there are certain things about which we are all a little delusioned, uh, sorry, disillusioned. Uh, we, we might be delusional, but I, I meant disillusioned. Uh, maybe there are certain things about which we are disillusioned, uh, places where we are demanding uh, what the Lord must do if we will ever believe again. Uh, but, you know, the truth is what we really need is not to see something with our physical eyes. Uh, What we need is to see with the eyes of faith. What we need is to see with the eyes of our heart. What we need uh, is to see by faith that Jesus is our resurrected Lord, uh, that he is enthroned as king, uh, that he is ruling over all, and he is giving himself to us even this morning. Uh, And then we can say with Thomas, we can declare with Thomas, my Lord and my God. Let's pray together.